You're listening to Leaders Last with your host, with your host, your host. Dr. David Robertson. All right, all right. Welcome back to another edition of Leaders Last. I'm your host, Dr. David Robertson. Thanks so much for being a part of the program. Today, we're going to talk about how to measure leadership development, because that's a tough one. But it is possible, sort of. For those of you who have read my work, you might recall where I've discussed the difficult process of measuring development. In fact, I'd say that there's often a big question mark when it comes to measuring a successful program. And this is to say that it's not as straightforward as we might want. Perhaps there's a gap between what organizations expect and what they actually achieve. Or maybe the methods of measuring success aren't well established yet. In any case, there's a clear divide between what science knows and what many organizational leaders expect from their development efforts. And today, we're going to try to rectify some of that. So let's start by discussing the challenges that organizations face when it comes to quantitatively evaluating leadership development. Even with seemingly effective measurement tools, it can be tricky. Misconceptions, biases, and circular reasoning often cloud the picture. And these complexities can even create a false perception that leadership development has failed, when in reality, it hasn't. One key challenge is that different practitioners approach leadership and organizational development differently. There's not a one-size-fits-all solution, and this diversity complicates measurement standards. And you can think about this in a couple of different ways. Primarily, we have to understand that different practitioners have different levels of leadership understanding. For example, I'm a verified VL2 with the National Leaderology Association, and that means that I have a bachelor's, master's, and doctorate in leadership specifically. However, some practitioners only have their perceptions of leadership and really haven't studied leadership a day in their life. And this is called the novice factor, by the way. And then there's the fact that some development programs don't work at all, probably because they're more management-based. However, research continually suggests that leadership development does work when it's conducted by trained professionals. So, the point is that there's a bit of a divide there when it comes to measurement. They're not equal. You're measuring apples to oranges to watermelons to Volkswagen bugs. So, it becomes hard to measure effectively when the various programs are not operating from the same foundation. Of course, another layer of complexity arises from organizations that cling on to the status quo. Old measurements don't measure new methods. But even if they did, many employees feel compelled to conform to established and sometimes toxic organizational norms. And that's going to give you a false result. And frankly, an organizational culture of fear can hinder development programs, which renders, well, really any measurement sort of moot. And let's be clear about that. Conformity isn't good. And fear to conform is worse because fear doesn't drive the change that organizations need. If it drives anything, it's the status quo, a lack of innovation, and a lack of desire to develop in the first place. In these situations, the real issue lies in the organizational culture itself. Of course, measuring leadership development is further complicated by the intangible aspects of leadership, 
like mindset and behavior. How do you measure that? And these are crucial but challenging to quantify. The thing to keep in mind here is that many of the newer development programs focus on these intangibles specifically. But at the same time, traditional measurements can't really capture their impact. And then there's time. Time is a critical factor in leadership development, not only for the development process itself, but the changes it creates. Look, change doesn't happen overnight, especially when we're talking about belief and behaviors. So it's important to understand that instant results are rare. Accordingly, organizations need to invest their time and money in longitudinal evaluations to really understand the real impact of development efforts. But most organizations are all about instant gratification, and this is especially true for the things they invest in, despite the fact that development is a cause-and-effect process where the benefits take time to manifest. So usually, what they end up with is an HR manager or an executive that completely discounts the interconnectedness of individuals and organizations and then attempts to measure immediate progress or the lack thereof. But that's a problem. Again, instant results are rare. But also because the organizational context plays a significant role in individual development, measurement, and so on and so forth, and ignoring all of this can lead to misleading conclusions, which is usually the case. And for clarity on this, just think about the toxic or entrenched organizations that refuse to acknowledge that their cultural issues pose a problem. How's that going to go? In these cases, the culture doesn't change. The worker is the problem, and the development effort is seen as a failure, even if the development effort was actually successful. So, this is why it's important to have a leadership-educated professional in the mix. If an organization has someone that has actually studied leadership and its development, they'll know these things. They'll also be less tempted to try to quantify a qualitative element. And for clarity, quantitative is about the numbers. Qualitative is about the experience. In my professional opinion, a more qualitative approach is absolutely necessary to evaluate these newer mindset-oriented programs. And I'll get to one of those models in a second, but I just want to say that it's essential for organizations and evaluators to understand the fundamental differences between human resources, management, and leadership. And this is to say that HR and management are not leadership developers. They're just not. That's not how that works. So organizational leaders need to recognize the importance of a practitioner's expertise and then consider the context and impact that an organization has on its employees. And with all that said, I concede to the idea that sometimes measurements are necessary. So let's talk about the IBOT method. This is one of those models that helps us to measure the intangible elements of leadership development. Now, some call it a revolutionary approach, but it's really just a model that provides qualitative insights to help you better understand a leadership development outcome. Again, measuring the effectiveness of a leadership development program is no easy task. So the first thing you have to do is understand that leadership often revolves around intangible qualities that are notoriously difficult to measure. These same qualities require time for transformation, which can be a crucial consideration for organizations expecting instant results or measurements. Now let me clarify that. Let's say that you have a development program that lasts 14 weeks. 
Measuring the result at 15 weeks would be problematic unless that program was structured by a highly skilled practitioner. Even then, the true result would take months and upwards of maybe even a couple of years. So, you could include the 15-week measurement in the overall measurement, but that measurement wouldn't be the full picture. We need more, like start, post, and longitudinal information. And that's why traditional evaluation methods are likely to fall short. Most of those are basically a snapshot, not a total picture, and definitely not in context. And this point will become even more important as leadership development programs become more dynamic and experimental. So, relying on quantitative assessments, especially the pricey ones often marketed to organizations, well, these are going to be expensive failures simply because of the elusive nature of development outcomes. So, instead, we can use tools like the IBOT method, which stands for Intuitive Benchmarking Over Time. And I'll break that down. Intuitive, meaning informed intuition, which means that someone has enough leadership expertise to understand what they're looking at and what it means. Benchmarking, well, that's a qualitative comparison among peers or other goalposts. Over time means what it sounds like. You do this measurement over time, but consistently across that time period. But here's the catch. This method involves direct observation by trained assessors who can scrutinize leaders in actual situations. But this evaluation is done over time and with plenty of mentorship and development along the way. This allows assessors to track how leaders communicate make decisions, resolve conflict, and inspire their teams over time. And this yields the information and insights we need to effectively measure. Now, as I said, a critical facet of the IBOT method is continuous engagement with individuals undergoing development. And that's because this allows assessors to collect data at regular intervals and course correct where necessary. However, this is done like a research project or like a dissertation which means that we're conducting qualitative interviews and examining the shifts in leadership approaches and the impact of development on mindset and team dynamics over time. However, this also requires qualitative interviewing skills, which usually requires some education regarding qualitative interviewing processes. Now, we enhance data reliability by encouraging those in development to engage in self-assessment, maintain journals to track their shifts in mindset, behavior, and of course their approach to various situations over time. Then, the practitioner collects the information and compares the progress or outcome against previous points, others in development, various leadership development metrics, and industry benchmarks. It's not an easy process. And as you can imagine, this is probably best handled by someone who knows what they're doing. In fact, I'll say it like this. Before investing in leadership development or its assessment, organizational leaders should probably think about a few things. Probably the top three are the significance of the intangible elements, the need for informed intuition for measurement purposes, and the vital role of expertise in that process. In other words, don't let non-experts conduct the development or the measurement. It's just a bad idea. Now, if you're a practitioner and you want to use this method, then here's the deal. Most organizations don't care about the reality of development or its measurement. They just want results. 
This means that you're probably going to have to provide some sort of measurement to justify some of the time and other elements that are likely going to come up. So, I have a few tips regarding the implementation of the iBot method. First, before development starts, create a list of leadership intangibles that you're going to track and make this list uniform so that you can track these metrics across all those in development. Then, establish clear objectives. And again, encourage self-assessment and reflection by those in development. In other words, have them keep a leadership journal of sorts. Then you'll want to ensure consistent contact with those in development and commit to ongoing progress tracking. Remember, this will be a qualitative journey, so you'll be able to construct an informed measurement if you do it this way. Sometimes a simple 1 through 10 scale will suffice. Now, once you start collecting data, you can compare participant outcomes to previous years or industry benchmarks. Of course, you can also compare your notes to how the organization measures performance of that student. But don't lose sight of what you're doing. Remember that it's informed, intuitive benchmarking over time. It's not immediate gratification because somebody isn't patient. But again, you have to define the benchmark with the organization. Now, the good news is that the iBot method is adaptable because you get to define what's being measured. The thing to keep in mind is that different industries prioritize distinct leadership qualities, but you can adjust accordingly. In fact, I would argue that it's crucial to customize the approach to fit the organization's unique culture and goals and to give yourself more meaningful results. Anyway, you can learn more about the iBot method on the National Leaderology Association's website, and you can learn more about these leadership intangibles by reading some of my articles. I'd also encourage some exploration of the novice factor, which you can do so by reading some of my research. All right, thanks for joining me today. Be sure to hit those buttons. I would appreciate it. That does it for this one. Until next time, take care.